0: Do you employ staff that work from home? If you do, you need to be aware of your obligations as an employer. Today, I'm going to be joined by Sandy, who's going to come and tell you everything that you need to know. Welcome to Texas, the show about helping you to get the right technology and cybersecurity in place to enable your business to be more safe and successful. I'm your host, Mark Riddell, Managing Director of M3 Networks. Over 140 businesses across the UK use us to put an end to staff complaints about frustrating IT problems. So, Sandy, thanks for coming on to Texas and join me for this chat. You're my first HR consultant on the show. So... Thanks for coming. And can you start by giving us an introduction to yourself and a bit of background to your expertise and what you do?
1: Okay. Well, firstly, Mark, thanks for asking me along. As you're game the HR expertise side of things. So I'm Sandy Holmes. I'm an Imagine consultant with 1 to 1 HR Solutions. We are an HR consultancy. We've got offices on the east and west coast of Scotland, but we have clients all over the UK. We basically provide HR expert and advice to a range of employers. So if you have one or more employees, then you should have an HR expert that can be there on hand at the end of the phone to guide you through any employees from the side of getting engagement with them through contracts and employment, employee handbook, which let's be honest, Mark, I'm sure you would agree from an employer's perspective, perspective that's the last thing on your mind but probably the, bo- the boring part you would say because I know that's not your favorite side of the business.
0: No absolutely not and you know I, I don't know how many years it's been but we've been working with you guys at one-to-one one for quite a while now. Yeah you're right you know it's like it's the things you don't think about that you need and it's interesting you say like from one or more employees but I'm sure a lot of businesses actually probably hire a few people over one before they go actually we kind of need some help on this you know it's, it's one of those things that in until it becomes an issue, it's not an issue, right?
1: Exactly right. And that's the thing where they think, oh, I can, I can go on to Mr. Google, shall we say, and I can download a contract or I can use one that I've had from somewhere previous, but that doesn't mean to say that it's correct for that, um, that employer. Your terms conditions could be different. The whole ethos of the business could be different. So it's vital that you get one that's fit for purpose for your organisation.
0: Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, Downloading stuff off of Google is not often the best idea, right? But people think, ah, I just need a template for this and I can then just tweak it. But it's the expertise of kind of knowing what actually goes into those things that's really important. So one of the reasons that actually kind of made me want to get you on the show was I had a conversation with someone a good few weeks back now about kind of working from home. And it kind of occurred to me that a lot of businesses just chuck a laptop at people and say, yeah, you go, you can work from home. And don't give much thought to all the other stuff. like We have to in the office, like the ergonomics, like the heating and the lighting and people's desk and their chair and stuff. And that kind of got me thinking as to what are the kind of obligations, responsibilities that employers have when someone's working from home. And I'm sure there's about to be some. And well, oh, that's why you're here. That's the main thing I wanted to kind of kind of talk about. Do you want to give us a bit of an overview on that, how it is from an HR and a legal perspective?
1: So firstly, I'd say to you, Mark, so you've got people all in your office. It's got a nice setup and things as well. So you have a duty of care towards your employees when they're on in the office. So why should that be any different if you end up having people working from home because maybe you've introduced a hybrid approach, which we know since a pandemic, I'm sure you experienced the mad rush to get everybody laptops and things so they're from home. So what is the difference of having an, an employee that's based in the office to them working from home? You still have a legal duty to make sure that they have the setup, the equipment and everything to, in order to work production. So did you know that an employer can actually go to their employee's house if they're a home worker and mm-hmm. ask to conduct a homeworking working? Now, I don't know how you'd feel about that, Mark, but I know there's a lot of employers that um, would probably not quite like to take that approach, but it doesn't mean to say that they don't need to carry out that legal duty because they do. So in the circumstances, a majority of employees who are home-based would do a self of a risk assessment for their home working. And that looks at things, for example, their setup have they got a sufficient room how would you know for example that one of your employees is not just sitting at a dining room table is that setup correct for them is the their posture of a correct chair desk height and things as well which you would do automatically in, in an office setup so why should being at home any different so it's still your responsibility to make sure that your employee has all the equipment working at home so whether that be their desk, the chair, monitors, if they're working off a laptop, do they need an additional monitor? Have they got a printer if they are having to print things out? So think of all that office supplies that you would do automatically. That still has to be done, done at home. There's also the other things about somebody working from home as well is what communication do you have with them? Because they really are alone workers. So if you don't do daily check-ins whether you do a morning call or something then how do you know that so you still have your duty of care as an employer to make sure that the employee is still very much part of the team
0: yeah it's really important to make sure people are engaged in the business we've we've experienced difficulties with that ourselves when someone is isolated if they're if they're not easily able to kind of come into the office space so one of the things that you said is that employers could go to the length of kind of going into the employee's home and carrying out that kind of risk assessment or checking their environment. It's fair to say most people aren't going to do that and probably don't want to do that. So what would you advise them do? Create some sort of checklist that they have the employee complete or how would normally you advise people to do that?
1: Yeah, what we would suggest is that they have a homeworking risk assessment form and that that's what the employee can complete. And it will look at things such as slips, trips, hazards. So have they got all their electrical equipment? There's no cables lying around. Again, as you would in an office, that there's no hazards for them and that they're set up their chair. Do you know what I mean? It's movable. They can adjust the height and things as well, same as their monitors. It's all part of if you think about... Every two years, there's a legal obligation for an employer to ensure that their employees conduct a display screen equipment risk assessment form. Again, that can be done as a checklist, and that's a legal requirement every two years. You do that in the office. Uh, if you were to change office mark or say you were to move from one office to another, then you should really be doing that as well. So that is the same thing should happen in a home office situation, That the DSE risk assessment should be completed. And That makes sure that the monitors, do you know what I mean? It's the correct height. You know how some people have enhanced monitors, don't they? Like didn't we call them uh, height adjusters or something on them? So that they can make sure that they're set up. Otherwise, you could see if you don't provide these sort of this equipment for your staff, you could be off back pain, they're getting fatigued, poor eyesight, and things as well. If these things are not provided for the employees, then you could end up having a higher rate of
0: absence. There's not really much the employer can do about them having their cat walk across their laptop, though, right, on a video call. You know, he's, that's that's is a light item for that to say, is there a risk that your cat may walk across your, your keyboard well, while we're on a Teams call? Yeah, that's the kind of things you have to deal with working from home, right? But it's a shame that we still don't have the yellow pages in the phone books because they were really perfect size for just bumping your monitor up an extra couple of inches, right? <laughs> without having to go and buy a fancy stand for it. What's the most common kind of mistakes with ergonomics and stuff that you think people make with their home office set up?
1: Yeah, no, I think, Mark, people don't think about that workspace. Do they just, if they're working from home, let's say it might not be on such a regular basis, so people will just sit at their kitchen table, dining room table. There's no thought about light or anything as well like is there any glare onto the screen and things too is the seat that they're sitting on like a full day sitting on a dining room chair is probably not the best thing long term for somebody and You you get back pain as well so the whole posture side is very important
0: Still to come on this episode of Texas would you expect employers to kind of pay for kind of a home office setup, or is it on the employee to make sure that they have a suitable home office set up But first, here's Annie with a Texas Tech Update. But first up, I just want to tell you a little bit about the IT Services Buyer's Guide that we have. This is a free document on our website. You don't have to enter any information to get access to it. You just need to head over to www.m3networks.co.uk forward slash buyers guide and you'll be able to click the link and get the download. And this is going to give you loads of information to help you understand the questions that you need to ask any potential IT partner in your business or indeed just go back and ask these questions to your existing IT company and then you can help find out whether you're being served correctly and whether there's any gaps in the IT support services that you are being offered. Now, let's get back to the episode.
1: Hey, it's Annie with your latest tech update. How many times have you done this? Clicked on WordPad when you're meant to open Notepad. For 30 years, WordPad has been part of Windows, but many people have found it just confusing. When you need simplicity, you turn to Notepad. When you need normal word processing features, you open Word. Where does WordPad fit in? Microsoft doesn't seem to think it fits in at all because WordPad is now on a list of features that will be deprecated. Will people really miss WordPad or will its absence just clear up the confusion? We're not sad to say bye-bye to WordPad. If you are we can show you how other tools in 365 are much better for your business. Get in touch. That's your tech update. More next week.
0: Would you expect employers to kind of pay for the home office set up or is it on the employee to make sure that they have a suitable home office set up?
1: If somebody, shall we say, is working from home on a permanent basis, then the employer should ensure that that employee is set up from that perspective. They've still got that responsibility that there is a desk, a chair and things. During sort of the pandemic, there was some businesses that were given maybe a budget of, say, £150 so somebody could get a desk, could get a chair, or they'd be taking them from the office to get them through that period of time. I think since then, we have seen that more people are ensuring that if their employees are working from home, that they have the setup as you would in an office. So yes, businesses do tend to provide that setup if they are permanently working from home.
0: Sure, and I remember when we spoke a few weeks back when you were in our office. One of the things we talked about was ensuring employee employees at home have like webcams on and stuff when they're on Teams calls. That's I, I guess that's a way of allowing employers and other people in the business to kind of see their kind of setup. So that you know if they were if they were lying in bed on their Teams call, then it'd be quite obvious, right, that they weren't actually sitting at a workspace. I've heard of these things before where, like, someone's got the laptop literally, like, on their stomach and, like, they're lying in bed, you know, with the laptop. So, yeah, I guess that's a good way of, without too much in people's privacy, right?
1: Exactly. So if you were to do, say, a morning call, say it's 9, 9.30 every single day, then you'll be able to see if somebody has their setup and what that is. And one of the things is to making sure that their webcam is not on, on all the time. Because you know what some people are like on Teams, they might not like their cameras being on, but a lot of businesses have put it in, have enforced it that if we're on a Teams call, then your camera must be on. Because you don't know somebody could be still sat there in their pajamas, for example. Do you I mean eating their breakfast? But no camera on, but the but the volume's there. we've heard it happen from few client experiences over the time. So always ensuring that the cameras are on. You'd think it's a simple thing to do, but some people just don't like it at all.
0: Yeah, you got to be careful of the camera thing as well. remember that story kind of that happened during lockdown, and maybe you heard this, where the woman was at home and she was using her mobile phone when she was on her team's call and she took the phone to the bathroom in her house when she went to go to the toilet and the camera was on and... Everyone in the team's call could actually see her taking, you know, sitting on the loo. So, yeah, you could, gotta be really careful with the camera on thing as well, right?
1: Exactly. You always want to see what's on in the background. Do you remember there was one, somebody getting interviewed on BBC News, I think it was, and the next thing you see their child come then and we're like, no nappy on behind them.
0: Yeah. And the guy as well, where the two kids came in and his wife came in to dra- try to drag the kids out the back of the room and stuff. So, yeah scandals happen all the time the question is how do democracies respond to those scandals uh, and what will it mean for uh, for the wider region i think one of your children has just walked in i mean shift shifting shifting sands in the region do you think relations with the north may change um i would be surprised if they do the um pardon me, That's pardon sorry, pardon me. you gotta be careful with the cameras on especially if you're working at home and there's other people in the house and kids and stuff so yeah i always i'm always really conscious of even though i'm just kind of in my home office and there's no one else here but making sure your camera is quite kind of focused in on you so it's not like a massive wide angle you know capturing like the whole room no one else needs to see any of that stuff We've got technology for that, right? We can blur backgrounds. We can do the virtual background thing, you know, if you're somewhere and there's other people kind of working. Just got to be mindful of the camera thing on, which is quite one of the things I like using a MacBook, actually, because when the camera's on, you get the little green dot next to the camera. You know the camera's live, right? Whereas um, other cameras might be on and not give you any sort of indication. So, yeah, just got to be really kind of mindful of the camera on thing.
1: I think what you need to be mindful of as well is if you've got your employees working from home and they're doing client meetings, do you know what I mean? What's their background going to be? Like, I think we've seen so many companies these days have a corporate branding. At so regardless of where somebody is, that they're they're representing the company and things too. See, I think that's become a lot more popular.
0: Yeah, so people, I've seen that a lot where people are given people a background and in it's in it, so everyone's got the same image, that kind of corporate background. I was doing that quite a lot, especially, so I moved house during the first lockdown and fortunate enough, I've got a dedicated office space here now. But before I moved house, I didn't have that. The kids were at home being homeschooled. The only place I had was to work on the desk that was in our bedroom. Of course, behind me was our bed. So I had to have a virtual kind of background on. So um, although I have been in a few calls where people are in their bedroom and like their bed's in the background, um, of course it's always immaculately made up with cushions and everything else to make it look good but I don't think having your bed in the background is the best image in a business but hey I guess it's one of these things we've all become used to isn't it you know like we're not so bothered about kind of these things as, as much now just like how kind of people wearing shirt and tie and suits has kind of died off a bit as well Um I guess the, the whole you know this immaculate presentation on video camera is kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit too. So, I guess one of the things then it's worth kind of talking about, and I quite often ask people kind of what they see kind of coming down the line in in kind of their line of work is that obviously we've we've kind of got remote work it's going to be here forever in in some industries. I know a lot industries. of people have gone back to the office in some sectors, but do you see any other kind of? changes or things coming down the line in regards to home office setups, do you think there'll be more um, requirements come in or do you think that what we have in place is kind of quite adequate?
1: I think Mark what has happened is a lot of businesses have now, especially this year, tried to put in more permanent sort of hybrid working so for example you'll be in the office three days a week but you work from home two days they have tried to formalize policies much more on that so they've introduced a policy on hybrid working what is expected so everyone is very clear about it or they might have specific days where everyone must be in an office because it's a team day it's an all staff meeting whatever it might be that is becoming more common there are some people that were went fully home working and now they've reduce their office space and they might do a bit more hot desking but you need to think about collaboration within the team as well not everybody likes working from home people lose that connection they are not able to chat as easily as they would on generated ideas things so a lot of businesses although they might be doing home working I think there is more focus on having them set days in the office where everyone is together so you're still getting the collaboration with them they're still feeling as part of the team
0: certainly kind of a bit of an approach that that we've taken where some members of staff work from home but will come in kind of one or two days a week to do work together strategic work and actually kind of work on projects and things like that i find that works kind of really well because then when you've got a whole day together you plan and you can do Stuff in person, face to face, like the bigger picture stuff. Day to day work stuff is is fine, you know, for for when you're not together and you're not working from home. But I definitely, yeah, agree that having those days when everyone comes together is kind of really important. It's like we've got some days in our office where it can feel like a ghost town because there's people working from home and then people on holiday and stuff. So you get those few days where it's like really quiet, there's no one there, and then the next day it's like it's almost like there's a party going on because it's like everybody's in. You know, every desk's in use and it's so busy. So, yeah, it's good to have that kind of mix. But, yeah, I think the important thing is is that people still feel part of a team and not just, you know, sitting working at home by themselves day after day because it's really difficult to kind of keep those people engaged, I think.
1: I think the the other part, Mark, to think about is also looking at productivity how productive are people from working from home how are you able to monitor that as well that's what a lot of companies struggle with how can they measure the output on somebody if they are working from home
0: yeah exactly we've got quite a lot of customers kind of that are in manufacturing and things like that so it's not easy they can't really just go and you know work from home they have a factory or a place where they make something and people have to be there so acting is more difficult but one of the things actually kind of just touched on that is a good reminder to ask you about is the monitoring of productivity. So I've seen things online where maybe some companies are using software and, and technology to monitor that people are actually at their desk working now. And I posted something you maybe seen it on LinkedIn about the uh, the mouse jiggler thing. You can get now like a USB plug-in, and you can get these things on Amazon for like twenty quid, which will basically randomly move your mouse and stuff so that your computer doesn't go to sleep so that your employer if they're monitoring your computer activity sure. sees that your mouse is i mean it's a fairly basic thing It it doesn't know if you're actually doing any work but it, a, a lot of these systems i think are just monitoring that your computer is on and active and so for 20 quid you can plug a thing in and it can make it seem like you're active all day but you know you could be down the pub and no one would ever know so what's your what's your view on monitoring people working from home like that. And is there any things that people have to be careful about when they're doing these things?
1: I think you always need to be aware. Normally companies would have like a monitoring policy or a clause in a contract to say that things can be monitored. So they could have whether it's monitoring the emails, monitoring systems. Let's be honest, a lot of companies these days need to have have systems in place where they put notes in about updates and things that they've had to do. So productivity can be monitored that way. But whereas if there's been no entries in systems of updates at pieces of work they've been working on, I think it'd be fairly evident quickly that there's no production at all with somebody actually doing anything. So I think with the systems being in place, with bearing in mind home working being more popular, shall we say, than it had been, that systems are becoming cleverer in how that they can monitor these things and what's required to be completed by the employees as updates
0: yeah it's a good point i mean the the output is the answer right you know if someone's work output is where you expect it to be then they're probably working fine from home if their output isn't where you expect it to be uh, as a business and, and every business is different they will know what each employee should be expected to do each day so it's one of these things isn't it that a lot of people say well as long as the work's getting done i'm not too bothered about you know someone sitting there for eight hours a day because the output is really what you're paying for so it's one of these things like, like you said you, you'll become aware quite quickly if you're not getting out of that person kind of what you expect an average kind of person in that position to be delivering the
1: other point to consider as well is about people taking breaks but even though Do you know what I mean? If you're in the office or things, you're with other people, somebody might take turns making a cup of coffee or something. Whereas if you're working from home, time can fly by and you've not had a break. And if you're sat in your laptop PC all day, then it's still important to take the breaks as well. Get that bit of fresh air too, which I think sometimes people working from home heard that an awful lot, even in research that people kind of forget about that, the breaks that they need to take.
0: I'm now thinking about myself. And when I'm working at home, I probably the house certainly I, I tend to take less breaks whereas in the office it tends to be more natural breaks because someone will come and talk to you or ask you something and then quite often you'll be like well let's just go and grab a coffee you know there's a bit more opportunity for that like you said people will come and say hey do you want a coffee and you go yeah that's a good idea and you'll get up from your desk and you'll go and maybe take that five ten minutes but in the home office pretty much would sit and work all day and then another problem is is that you get to like in, you know four or five o'clock in the afternoon and because you're already at home you can sometimes it's easy to carry on working past that and you suddenly go it's quarter to seven and and time's just gone you know because and you don't get that break one of the things i quite like is that when you're in the, when you're in the office the drive home however long yeah. that is for me it's usually about 15 20 right. minutes but drive home is that clear break between i'm at work i'm at home So it's quite easy to kind of blur the lines. Yeah, I like the clear break between when I'm at work and when I'm at home. And I think if you work from home all the time, the line of when you work and when you're home is blurred. You know, I think some people struggle with that.
1: Exactly. It's easy enough thinking, oh, I'd like to get that done. Oh, I'll just go and do that 15 minutes in the evening. Next minute, you know, one hour, two hours have gone by. But that's where if people are permanently working from home and there's monitoring systems in place, then employers should be able to see that. And that's something they should keep an eye on to make sure, obviously, that an employee is not doing more than is expected.
0: And I guess the kind of the final thing, how can, you know, if there's businesses out there, business owners listen to this, if anyone wants more help and advice, then of course I'm going to recommend they get in touch with you. But what is the best way for them to kind of Reach out and contact yourself, Sandy.
1: I mean, if people have any questions or they're looking to put in hybrid policies or anything at all, then that's something that 120 HR Solutions can assist with. So if anyone's looking for any information, they can jump onto our website, send us an inquiry or give us a call. We'd be happy to have a conversation with them, not just about maybe a hybrid policy, but maybe what are the, their HR needs. Do they have... Uh, contracts and handbook that are bespoke for them are they looking to maybe relook at some of their HR policies procedures maybe they don't have any internal HR and they are now at the stage in growth where they feel they need that expertise then that's where we can go on site and be that company's HR manager for them you don't need to employ a full-time headcount we can um, outsource their HR to us.
0: We'll make sure in the show notes that we share your website links, your LinkedIn profile link and stuff like that. So if anyone wants to kind of get in touch and get the the website and how to contact and connect with Sandy on LinkedIn, then we'll make sure we share all those links in the show notes below. So final thing is just to say thanks for coming on and sharing your expertise with us, Sandy. It was much appreciated.
1: Well, that's great, Mark. Uh, Lovely to be part of the podcast
0: for this week's Intriguing Intel of the Week. The Intriguing Intel of the Week is where I share a fun tech fact, something you probably don't know and pretty sure it's going to be something that you tell all of the other guys in the office about. And I'm happy for you to steal that you know this and it didn't just come from just listening to the Tech Says podcast. So you can look really smart to your colleagues. So did you know that a single Google query uses 1,000 computers in 0.2 seconds to retrieve your answer. GiggleBytes. So GiggleBytes is where I share my favourite tech-related joke of the week. And this week's joke is... How did the computer get drunk? It took screenshots. (laughs) If you'd like a quick chat with me, about anything I've discussed in this episode, or you have a specific question about any aspect of your IT or cybersecurity, you can book a call in my diary. Just head over to www.m3networks.co.uk forward slash meet Mark. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast in your favourite podcast app for future episodes where I'll dive deeper into other IT and cyber-related topics.
1: Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find
0: out more at m3networks.co.uk. K-K.